When you think of great duos, who do you think of? Jordan and Pippen or LeBron and Dwayne Wade. I mean, I talk about basketball a lot here on this podcast, but for the Barcelona version, there's PK and Puyol or PK and Mascherano or the easy example of Xavi and Iniesta. And as you can hear from my voice, the perfect teammates aren't just professional athletes. It's cold season. I guess the flu and cold medicine, perfect teammates as well. But in this case, when it comes to growing your business, that's you and Shopify. Shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. To be honest, I've been doing this show long enough. And as I mentioned, it's cold and flu season. You hear it in my voice, especially during the holiday season. So whenever it comes to this business, anything that I can set up and kind of have working in the background that I know and can trust is just plugging along without my attention. Those are the things that I really value at this point. So when my brain is foggy, all I can do is manage to turn on the microphone, talk to the guest, or just talk to myself and get out a piece of content. Everything else, having that all automated or working in the background, that's been important to keeping me sane. And that's the thing about something like Shopify. What I do love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. So no matter how big or small, how good of a month or how bad of a month, things are just the same working in the background. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is a global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs on every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tbpod, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash tbpod now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash tbpod. Welcome to episode 510 of the Barcelona Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Dan Hilton, and today we're talking about Barca's 2-2 draw with Mallorca with those five headlines, like you know that we do here. Before we dive in, though, I do want to thank everybody that's rallied to subscribe to the YouTube channel, as well as the regular podcast listeners who are putting me in your ears as often as you did when you had me on the feed twice a week. Now that I'm there three or four times a week, yeah, there's less people per individual show, but I still appreciate Multiple times per week, multiple people put me in their ears, and I do appreciate that still. So cheers to everybody, whether you're listening or you're watching. And if you're new here, definitely subscribe during the 2-2 draw here so that you get to enjoy the content when the wins come back coming in. All right, enough of that. The compliments were largely for you out there as the audience. I do have some compliments today for Mallorca, one or two for Barcelona, some very much not compliments for other Barcelona players. So let's do all that now. Here are the five headlines from Barcelona's 2-2 draw with Mallorca. Headline one is no clear favorite. I'll extend an olive branch to the doubters and the naysayers and those who are a bit frustrated after this one, but I won't extend that branch far enough for those who are frustrated with Xavi today. Any of that Xavi out or any of nonsense like that or anything about even the structural stuff about Barcelona, once again, I throw that out with the baby in the bathwater because there were mistakes that we're going to get into, mistakes that cost Barcelona points today, but I will reiterate what I said in the Liga preview, but say it in a different way. Real Madrid aren't the favorites to win the Liga. Neither are Barcelona. Neither are Atletico Madrid. Real Madrid's early, late-game heroics could define the Liga champion, and they can win the title. 
as could Barcelona's recent comebacks, and even the haters can admit that Barcelona's ceiling from game to game always feels the highest of all the teams in the Liga, which is also why Kool-Aid get disappointed when they don't get three points every single match. Even Atleti, who went out and took care of Los Blancos on the weekend, have played some absolute crap games this season already. I mean, real stinkers that were not watchable. Athletic Club are picking up points, but I do find it difficult to keep them in the title picture due to their self-inflicted depth from year to year. There does come a point, especially during the wintertime, when Athletic Club goals dry up, as dry as Sahara, and it just doesn't happen. So Athletic Club, they've got a good start to this season, but it's hard to imagine they're still going to be in the picture months from now. And that leaves Girona, who would have said European football was the goal after getting promoted two years ago, then finishing 10th last season. But they've been the most consistent team this year in the Liga, as I record this hours before they play Villarreal to go top of the table, so that whole narrative could get flipped on its head in less than 12 hours. And even for the long run, very much like Real Sociedad last year, I think Girona could finish top four with how well they're playing, how cohesive that plan is, how Michel is leading his side, and everybody seems to know exactly what to do, and there's synergy and there's chemistry, even with the pieces they lost, that's a team that is a well-oiled machine. So yeah, I hope they're still in it late. So again, there is no favorite here, but as I remind people over and over and over again, I understand that dropping points in the Liga and dropping points against a team you feel like you should beat, that is a feeling that's going to come back to bite Barcelona fans come Europe. And everything when it comes to Real Madrid and Barcelona and Atletico Madrid a little less, everything is defined in Europe. So dropping points against Mallorca means that Barcelona might drop points against Porto next Wednesday in the Champions League. And similar to what I said last year that I repeat again this year. This team, at least in Spain, at least in domestic competition, has an understanding of their own abilities and the talent disparity they have with their opponent, and they have the confidence to come back and get wins from games they don't deserve it in, where they didn't play best, just like against Celta de Vigo, and they still get the three points. And I continue to admit to you that until they get over that hump in Europe, then that stain will still remain there. But I do try to, very much like I did last year when they won the Liga by 10 points, I do try to separate the two a bit. I know it's the same team with the same players, but the confidence and the mentality and the fact that Spain is about consistency and Europe is about just playing your best for 90 minutes, it almost feels like a totally different game. So if Kool-Aid could just focus on the Liga for just a moment, this 2-2 with Mallorca, a game that you were down 1-0 and 2-1 in, is a disappointment to drop points in. I agree, even on the road. Mallorca is a team that you expect to beat, for sure. And obviously, we'll get into the ways that Mallorca foiled Xavi and what Xavi did to deal with it. But my biggest takeaway is that this 2-2 doesn't detour Barcelona away from the Liga title. In fact, finding a way to grab the draw instead of a loss might say a lot about the way that the game went. Unlike the first match against Hadafe and parts of the match against Celta, nothing about the points that Barca dropped against Mallorca felt systemic and that it might continue on to the next game to me. Barca made uncharacteristic mistakes, and very well could have lost. But they also played well enough at times where if they win that game 4-2 with some kind of second half comeback, it's also not that crazy either. That game was really sitting on the fence and could have gone either way. Headline 2 is Ter Stegen stinker. Let's talk about the mistakes and let's start not to put all the blame on Ter Stegen, but for a guy that's been so good now for, what are we on, 15 months now? Where he has just been on a different level, top 5, maybe top 3 goalkeeper in the world, Hats off to Ter Stegen week in, week out. And I feel like over the last few weeks, I've been highlighting him. You'll hear it. Just a moment, I'll say, hey, I want to make sure we recognize that Ter Stegen made this save against Celta and that save against Celta, or this save against Cadiz, and making sure we're giving him the credit for the moments and the points that he saved. Because, not to say that this match was always going to happen, but yeah, this was his worst match for months and months and months, maybe an entire calendar year. 
And I almost come out of this match saying, Xavi didn't draw that game. When there are times to criticize Xavi and what his game plan is, then we're going to do that. But if you're Ter Stegen, you're admitting that, hey, Xavi drew up a good enough plan for us to take points. And if I was a little bit better, then we even win that match 2-0 or 2-1. All the blame also doesn't go on Ter Stegen, but he had a huge role to play in the bad way in both of these goals. 1-0 in the 8th minute. Mariki scores it, but this has little to do with Mallorca, as I said, and more to do with Barcelona having 73% possession at that point. And Ter Stegen, Romeo, and Inigo Martinez have an absolute breakdown at the back. Araujo tried his best to save the situation, but Antonio Sanchez and Mallorca pounce. Good on them for that, too. It is a self-inflicted wound of the highest order for Barcelona, though. At that point, regardless of what happened after, it set the game up for another Barca comeback. A position, much like their friends Real Madrid, Barca has already been in a number of times this season. So put Barcelona in a position they never want to be in, and it is coming from behind on an opponent's ground, regardless of who the opponent is. It wasn't just Ter Stegen, too. There's not much blame to give to Araujo. I said even on the first goal, he's the one that saved from going in even earlier. But there was something interesting about his day today. I felt like he's still rounding into fitness, rounding into form. And to me, it was kind of summed up in the 13th minute. He slides through Capete, that being Araujo, and Capete makes contact with him. Like I say about Gabi, though, did he need to go to ground there? Capete didn't get the yellow, but there's an argument that he initiated the contract, that being Capete. But I sum it up for Araujo more like I do the Gabi stuff. Even though Araujo is at such great risk of injury because of the way that he throws his body around, you would never want to try to tone that down in any way. You want him to be that aggressive because that aggression makes him one of the best center backs in world football when he's healthy. But he did not look that being Araujo fully healthy today because the 2-1 in the second half too, Mariki wins the header, flicks it on. Abdon Pratz is there for the finish. Ter Stegen, as I said, with his worst game in a very, very long time, coming way off his line and not anticipating that Abdon Pratz would, I guess, get the better of Araujo in the situation. He got goal side in the right spot to Araujo and got in between both Uruguayan and Anika Martinez and then extends right beyond Araujo and dinks it right past Ter Stegen. To me, I'm going to go maybe 70-30 Ter Stegen to Araujo on that goal and a good job by Mariki and Abdon Prats to follow their game plan, which we're going to talk about here in a second. Because part of what was a bit frustrating is that this is the lineup people wanted. Jao Felix and Torres and Rafinha up top, Gabi Romeo, Gundogan was, I mean, kind of the midfield you had to go with, and then Balde, Nick Martinez means that Christensen gets a rest, Araujo means that Kunde gets a rest, and Cancelo stayed in because people don't trust Sergio Roberto, and I think Xavi kind of agrees with you. And then Ter Stegen in net, of course, because you don't need to rotate the goalkeeper. But as we've already mentioned, not everybody brought their A game for Barcelona. And I do also want to credit some Mallorca players for bringing their A games. Well, Mecosta, who came in for the injured Pablo Maffeo, was really good in that shift, playing right back. And then Antonio Sanchez, I mean, one of the better games I've ever seen him in. And Morigi playing his role to the letter. They all had really good games, those three in particular. And on the other side, it wasn't the best nights for Araujo or Jules Kunde when he came on either. And Inigo Martinez was fine, but not great. For Nico Martinez, his switches were there sometimes, as in he's good enough at them where it's part of the setup and you do rely on that, very much like Barca rely on Kunde when he is playing at the right center back spot. But he also hit a bunch of them short, that being Nico Martinez, as if it's definitely not something you can rely on, but you do use it as a tool. And Araujo and Nico Martinez were failing to find that quick ball inside that was slowing everything down for Barcelona horizontally. I wonder if it's a chemistry thing that they have never partnered together in a center back pairing like that and it was going to take a little bit of time, but... Mallorca was able to predict and rotate as a unit when that ball was being passed along the back line for Barcelona. And you need to be able to unbalance and create those third-man opportunities through the middle of the field. That only happens with vertical variation starting with your back line. Your goalkeeper plays a part in that as well, as both Brighton and Man City are showing at a really high level right now that goalkeepers have to be a part of that in the modern game to really dominate opponents who know what their plan is. 
And that plan is a credit to Mallorca. It's oversimplifying things by saying that Mallorca was just like Cadiz and Hadafe and Celta because they played five at the back against Barcelona. Their pressure was different from front to back than those teams, and that matters almost as much as the number of players at the back. Mallorca's forwards just sat on that high line more than any team this season has done. That was the different wrinkle, especially when Kyle Lahren joined Mariki up top to finish the game, and that pressure forced both teams to try to bypass the opposition midfield because they were playing the ball out of pressure from the center backs. And Mallorca was also the most direct team that Barca has seen this season. And that might be by a considerable distance. I think Xavi was planning for Mallorca as the commentators in the ESPN Plus game kept saying, taking the route one, as in right down the middle, hoping that Mariki or Kyle Lahren or somebody can just bounce the ball into a fortuitous spot. And that's how the second goal was scored. And it wasn't so much even a counterattack that we saw by other teams this year. It was as someone from Mallorca was just screaming, attack, 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 as somebody hoofed the ball 40 yards in the air towards Barca's goal and started praying. And that kind of play, if Mallorca loses that game, it feels desperate. It feels like it wasn't planned. But for Mallorca today, it worked a lot. And it was planned. And it was the right plan based on their personnel that they have. Which I'll be obnoxious here when I say this. That is a compliment to Mallorca to identify who they are and their path to staying up in the Liga and fighting off relegation this season. That says a lot more about Mallorca that they're willing to play that way and want to play that way based on the players that they have and kind of solving their own problems more than it is a knock of Barcelona not being able to figure out Mallorca who played again in a different way than we've seen so far this season. But I'll end this headline by saying, this is a big but here, Barca do need to figure out everybody or at least they have to figure out 90% of the other teams or 85% of the other teams to win the Liga this season. They don't win the Liga without figuring these kind of things out. When you think of great duos, who do you think of? Jordan and Pippen or LeBron and Dwayne Wade. I mean, I talk about basketball a lot here on this podcast, but for the Barcelona version, there's PK and Puyol or PK and Mascherano or the easy example of Xavi and Iniesta. And as you can hear from my voice, the perfect teammates aren't just professional athletes. It's cold season. I guess the flu and cold medicine, perfect teammates as well. But in this case, when it comes to growing your business, that's you and Shopify. Shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. To be honest, I've been doing this show long enough. And as I mentioned, it's cold and flu season. You hear it in my voice, especially during the holiday season. So whenever it comes to this business, anything that I can set up and kind of have working in the background that I know and can trust is just plugging along without my attention. Those are the things that I really value at this point. So when my brain is foggy, all I can do is manage to turn on the microphone, talk to the guest, or just talk to myself and get out a piece of content. Everything else, having that all automated or working in the background, that's been important to keeping me sane. And that's the thing about something like Shopify. What I do love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. So no matter how big or small, how good of a month or how bad of a month, things are just the same working in the background. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is a global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs on every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tbpod, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash tbpod now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash tbpod. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Headline three is next midfielder up. Barca were already without Pedri, so this being the first game without De Jong, I did expect Barcelona to struggle in the middle of the park, if I'm being honest. I did, without Pedri and De Jong, I mean, I don't know when the last time neither of them played any of a 90 minutes that Barcelona has had, so I did expect some struggling. Gundogan is still getting there. Romeo has been good doing his job, but I've also talked about his limitations. We'll talk about Gabi in a second here. But while it feels like, of course, Gundogan and Gabi and Romeo are talented enough without the other two, sure, but I was wondering what that fit was going to look like. Even historically, I've talked at length about Barca without Pedri because we have quite the sample size, but De Jong and a small sample size of him being gone are even worse than Pedri's metrics. The Dutchman has only missed 16 games to injury in four seasons at Barcelona, and Barca have won just 6 of 16 games when De Jong has been sidelined through injury and have lost 7 of those 16 games. Even defensively, Barcelona have scored just 18 and conceded 13 without De Jong, not necessarily a confidence-inducing stat. It doesn't get any better knowing this is Barca's fifth game in 13 days, and they've got another one on Friday. So heavy legs are going to be a real thing. The only silver lining is that by playing on Friday against Sevilla, that means they don't play again until the following Wednesday against Porto, so you do have a five-day rest after this one. And looking ahead, that unit of Gundogan and Gabi and Romeo and Fermin Lopez and Sergio Roberto as the midfielders are going to need to survive another month at least without Pedri. But as we're seeing, Roberto isn't the move that Xavi's making, and Rafinha as the inside high interior is the move late in games. That said, this performance is worrying because of the depth, but also maybe not really. From the first to the second half, again, this is like a positive thing I'm about to say. I was actually encouraged by the improvements of Gundogan. In that first half, I I didn't see much of him at all. Being asked to be in the box quite a bit, but nobody really finding him defeat, and trying to play him through in behind, because I know that's what you're supposed to do. Play those through balls, get on the shoulders. But he doesn't really have the physical profile to do that. He didn't really do that at Man City either. So it's not even a who were the runs and cross and movements coming from, but when. The difference between not having Lewandowski as a reference and having him, I think that really affected Gundogan in the first half. Players make runs off of Lewandowski. And Ferran Torres is great about making runs off of his teammates and finding space that others create. So it's a bit tougher when he's being asked to create that space for others. And between Xiao Felix, Gundogan, and Torres, there seem to be issues as to who and when. And it felt like Rafinha and Bali were just trying to figure out when those three would figure that out. And it did start to click, though. Again, there were improvements from Barcelona. 46 plus 3, so still the first half. But Gundogan and Rafinha, really nice timing. Rafinha cuts it back to Jao Felix from 10 yards out. And this time, Rajkovic comes up big with the glove and the full extension. But that could have been a breakthrough for Barcelona. This coming after, Jao Felix came more central and Torres went out wider. So Xavi was trying to change things up. 
everything was going down the right for Barcelona. And if that was going to be the case, then Xavi wanted to try to put Jao Felix in more dangerous positions. And staying a little bit positive here with the midfield, let's talk Gabi again. If Barca won, he would have been my man of the match once again. In the absence of Pedri, regardless of Barca's results or the number of goals, it does feel like the Gabi ascension is happening. His confidence on the ball in deeper positions is so much better than it was this time last season. It's not like Barcelona is polishing off the gem and finally realizing this new thing. And not to say that you're not some genius for discovering this, but we are all in real time seeing Gabi making that step forward from a deeper position in the middle of the field and becoming such more of a complete midfielder. Adding some goal scoring, sure, again, the assist, great against Celta. But the way he is having an impact on the full 90 with not just his effort and all those things he does that we know that Gabi does by getting to the floor and tackling and all that stuff. But when he's on the ball and making his decisions quicker and helping to dictate the tempo and pace of a game, and I'm really encouraged by what we're seeing from him, he always had that technical ability, but showcasing it more. He had those moves in the first half, some really nice technical moves, getting by players, making things happen, and then the second half, doing more of the thing we expect from him. Gets that block in the 79th, another clear seconds later on a poor cross. And in the 39th minute, I was most impressed by Gabi. He's really dangerous, carrying the ball forward the way that Pedri does, the way that De Jong does, taking on players. He gets by two in that move, which gives Ferran Torres the chance that gets saved. Sure, unfortunately, Barcelona's first shot on target. But by Gabi taking on and beating players in the center of the field proved to be a huge difference. Again, the big difference that De Jong has done this season that we've seen from Pedri, we know he's capable of. And also those Gabi cutbacks are on today, just in his bag. Love to see it from Gabi. And a lot of players have a little bit of skill and can make a move. But can your move set up the next move when you don't have the ball anymore? Good players can make the first move and good players can even make the second move. But it's the great players who can make both of those moves. Headline four is there for Rafinha. This game was at Rafinha's feet, but as I said before about the lack of chemistry with the forwards, it wasn't going to come naturally. He kind of had to make it happen. He had to go for it. And the good news I always say about Rafinha, even if you don't get what he does when Barca aren't scoring, when they are scoring or close to scoring, it all makes sense. Because the first goal, there's a few good things to break down, but a lot of it has to do with Rafinha just kind of being class. Gabi switches the field to Cancelo. Cancelo tries to take some on. Three of them collapse in the same spot. So Rafinha picks it up off the weird bounce and gets into the perfect shooting spot for him with that left foot. Samuel and Danny Rodriguez too late to close down the space and Rajkovic didn't get to it. Maybe could have done better, but Rafinha put his whole boot behind it, gets the equalizing goal, and very much like everybody else, Rafinha scored the goal. So I don't care if you're complaining about his width or the touchline or talk about his positioning or anything like that. The guy is asked to score some goals and contribute to goals. And just like last season, he still does it. That's where Feeney is. That's what he's paid to do. And of course, he lets people down too. 45th minute, misses the chance. Gabi wins the header. And it's just a foot race after Torres plays to Rafinha. And in this instance, it just feels like he has too much time. Just held his shot too long and launched it into space. Wasn't just him though too on that front line. The game was kind of there for Jao Felix too, but not so much. He and Torres really struggled to find each other or run off each other tonight. It got a bit better in the second half, especially when Jao Felix hit the post in the 55th minute or the outside part of the post. But it was really him in that moment making something out of nothing. And I almost get the feeling that Torres and Jao Felix, I feel like for those two, so much of their game prep is about playing off Lewandowski. So in the one rare game that he's not starting without a reference point, it just felt a bit odd and out of sorts. And I feel like when Lewandowski, obviously in the next game on Friday against Sevilla, stepped right back in the starting lineup, a lot of those issues between Jao Felix and Torres up top might be mitigated. Because in this game, it wasn't even a matter of if, but when the Lewandowski sub would be made. And it came in the 58th minute, Lewandowski on for Torres. The second sub appearance for Barcelona for Lewandowski, by the way, 
in totality, and only his third sub-appearance in the Liga or Bundesliga in the last five years. That is bonkers. And also a reminder for those who say Lewandowski is going to be benched or should be benched, this might be his one of two times that he comes off the bench as a sub this season. Maybe he'll get three or four, but as long as Pedri and De Jong aren't playing and guys are in and out of this lineup and Lewandowski can still go, I think those rotations for Lewandowski are going to be very far and very few between. And then headline five, youthful injection. Another reason why I don't really blame Xavi too much for this result. The subs that you can argue really changed the last part of the game are the ones that Xavi put on, and he put them on, let's say, early enough. Lewandowski coming on, as I said, in the 58th minute there. 64th minute, though, Lamine Mall and Fermin Lopez. That injection of youth into the game on for Xavi Felix, who wasn't making it work, and Ordo Romeo, who we've seen, Xavi. When they're trailing, that being Barcelona, he takes off Ordo Romeo. Because he does trust, whether it's Gundogan as the pivot in this case, but we've seen Gabi do it as well. So he flips around that triangle in the midfield with Gundogan the pivot and Gabi next to him and then Fermin Lopez as the attacking midfielder in front of those two, pressing up high the way that Gundogan was in the first half to that back line against that five. And they had an immediate impact. Obviously, just about a minute on the field, Capete brings him down, that being Lamine Mall, winning the PK, but not winning the PK because Costa taken out by Kinsella on the way up, Capete a step behind, Capete doesn't touch the ball, that is clear, and it does look like he touches Lamine Mall, and it's really, really tight, but it was tight enough to go to VAR, and it had to be clear and obvious enough to overturn it, and multiple angles show that there was some contact. But the ref deemed that it was clear and obvious that the toes of the cleats that touched were not enough to warrant the contact that would have earned a penalty, and so it's overturned. For the reasons why it was overturned, that the contact was not enough to warrant a penalty, I understand why it was overturned. I get it. I guess that's all I'll say. I'm not going to get into anything more about conspiracies or who wins which penalties, because as I always say, every penalty should be a monolith. The last penalty call that didn't happen or the next penalty call that will happen for players in white or players in Blagrana colors or players in Atletico Madrid colors or whatever colors a team is wearing in the Liga, particularly white in this case, I always try to go in with good faith and say, hey, this penalty alone, how do we judge this? Again, I understand why it was overturned, but if VAR had also kept this one and said, hey, this is not clear and obvious and that penalty had stood, I would also have been just fine with that. That's why the referees and VAR paid the big bucks, and I'm not. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good news for Barcelona, the 2-2 comes in the 75th minute, and this is just terrific buildup. It looked like no one was moving, and I was starting to write a note about that lack of movement and how disappointing it was that Lewandowski comes on and everything felt like it stagnated up top on that forward line. But then Barcelona did start moving the ball, slowly at first, of course, but they get it over to Lamine Mall, who beats his defender to come inside, and it's a good job by Rafinha, Lewandowski, and Fermin Lopez to make those runs at the perfect times to the half spaces. 
pulling out and making those center backs make decisions for Mallorca. Rafinha gets in between for Lamini Mall's pass, and then the cutback to Lewandowski lets go, and Fermin Lopez is there for the borderline tap-in, but still had to finish it. Really, really well-worked goal. Fermin Lopez, congratulations, your first actual professional goal with FC Barcelona out of the preseason. Huge for Fermin Lopez, and also, as I said against Celta 2, taking advantage of a team that you have put under consistent pressure with the ball over and over again. Gio Gonzalez comes off the field soon after that, and on that goal that Fermin Lopez scores, Gio Gonzalez is trailing Fermi Lopez with tired legs, as leggy as Barcelona were in this match. Mallorca, by the end of it, they were winded and gassed as well. So it's always a reminder, second half of games always have more space in it. The opposition, especially if you're the team who's had the ball, is going to be a bit weary. And if you can attack those half spaces the way that Barcelona did, that's why those goals are so aesthetically pleasing. Because you are going against a tired back line now, and Fermi Lopez came on fresh, youthful, and injected a really important goal into this game. That's all I really have to say about that one. Again, 2-2 in the books. It does feel like two drop points, but it also does feel like one very well-earned point because Barcelona could very well have dropped all three points here. We'll have to see how Girona does against Villarreal or Real Madrid because if they drop points, that being those two as well, then Barcelona still, after this match day, are top of the table. So by the time you have this in your ears or watching it, likely that has already been decided. But before I close out the show, one little other piece of bad news. Barcelona did announce, this is on the Barcelona Feminine side of things, that sporting director Markel Zubizarreta is leaving the club. He is the son of the famous goalkeeper, Anthony Zubizarreta. And Markel himself has been at the club since 2015 and in his role as sporting director of the Feminine since 2017. And he played an absolutely gigantic role in the team's success. And obviously, when you win two Champions Leagues in three years, it marks a lot of success. I mean, he set the standard of recruiting players, finding players that could blend in what was already there, and also finding top players going out and convincing them of Barca's project that when there's Lyon, when there's Wolfsburg, when there aren't that many options in the top levels of women's football at the club level, and it is growing. Again, Bayern Munich, PSG, there are other options now pushing through as well. Chelsea, of course, and Arsenal, and Manchester United, Man City, there are a lot of options that they have. But as far as if you want to join an elite team that can win the Champions League two times in three years, this is the team you want to join. So convincing players to do that and making sure that Barcelona fork out the money to do that and pay for and invest in their women's team, that is a huge thing by Markel Zubizarreta. And I am concerned. I'm worried that if the next sporting director, not to say is a puppet of Laporta, the board, but is not going to push for the economic guarantees that the feminine deserve, then that will be a grand, grand misstep and disappointment for this club. So I do have high expectations for his successor. Continue to bring in top-level talent continue to keep this standard up. They are a Champions League winning side. So that is kind of what, as a Kool-Aid, I want to expect for at least the duration of this generation of Alexi Buteas and Caroline Grant Hansen and Aitana Banmati, all players who are still in their primes. So with this team, as good as they are, all again at the top of their game, I do expect a few more seasons of really high-level football. And then when it's time to recycle, and then when it's time to retool, well, then we can cross that bridge when we get there. But right now, it's all about winning for this Barca Femini. And I hope the new sporting director is either the man or woman to help them do that. As for the men, it's Sevilla next on Friday. I'm slated to talk to one of everybody's favorites on Thursday. Yes, it is the purest. So if I don't have him on Thursday, I'll have him on sometime next week if things don't work out. But yes, that is scheduled to come out on Thursday. So it is a big week here in the Barcelona podcast world. So again, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen or subscribe to the YouTube channel so you don't miss a thing. And as always, until next time, Horse of Barca. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. 
That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.